Are you looking for entertainment for a fundraiser, outreach, youth night, date night, or for a conference? Does your team need a way to improve team camaraderie, confidence, and communication? Well, look at Wellverse Comedy for a show, performance, or workshop. Wellverse Comedy is Chicago's clean comedy team, and we're ready to serve you, your audience, or your organization. We've headlined our own shows at the Second City at Gettys Comedy Club in Indianapolis and started our own TV show called His Line. And we've raised over $5,000 for charity in just the last two years. We are now booking for your back-to-school bash, fundraiser, and even your holiday parties. Contact us today and let's see how a night of high-energy, clean, original, family-friendly comedy can make your next event memorable for all the right reasons. Connect with us on social media at WellversedCMDY, that's at WellversedCMDY, or online at WellversedComedy.com. WellversedComedy.com. For booking information, email us improv at WellversedComedy.com. Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to the latest edition of Gifts for Glory. I am Dave Ebert, and so excited to have you along with us uh, as we just uh, celebrate and promote men and women who use their gifts for God's glory. That's what the podcast is about. That's what uh, we're really about with Gifts for Glory is just uh, honoring the different ways that God uh, provides us with different gifts and talents and passions uh, as a way to bless others, as a way to grow the kingdom, as a way to make a difference in, in this life. Uh, so we're really excited that you're with us today. Uh, and uh, really excited to have, uh, we have not one, but two guests. We have Michael and Naomi Rogers coming up in just a few minutes. We're going to be talking to them about acting, about performing, uh, about uh, his story productions, as well as their uh, new tenure on Well-Versed Comedy. They joined us this spring, so we're going to talk about that as well coming up. But first, uh, let's dive into our Devotions with Dave segment. Uh, today, uh, we're going to go with a little bit longer passes than we normally do. Uh, but I hope uh, you'll be blessed uh, by uh, what uh, I feel like the Lord has put on my heart. So going back to the Old Testament, to 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, verse uh, 4 starts, uh, Then he went alone into the wilderness, talking about Elijah, uh, the prophet. This is right after uh, he had the, the big showdown between Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And so after this happens, uh, you know, Jezebel is you know basically threatening his life. So uh, we pick it up here in verse 4 again. Then he went alone to the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. Uh, he looked around, and there beside his head was some bread uh, baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and he lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead of you will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Now here, this is one of the uh, one of the coolest stories in the Bible. Here is Elijah. He just saw this great victory of God over the prophets of Baal, 
supernatural things happening, people seeing the power of God at work. And then one person says, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to get Elijah. And suddenly he forgets all that and he, he despairs of, of life. And he's saying, God, go ahead, take me now. Uh, you know, he's kind of pulling a, 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 a red sand, a red fox. Oh, it's a big one. Come take me now, Lord. Um, maybe not in that way, but still he, he was, he had a completely different mind shift and it shows the value and the importance of getting rest. Uh, God gave us a Sabbath. He invented the Sabbath for our benefit. And I'm guessing that in the midst of all this, Elijah had not taken a, a day to rest. So here he is under this broom tree. He finally gets a rest. He has a snack and he finds the strength to continue his journey 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai. So I just want to encourage you, take rest, find rest. Um, it, this is where Elijah fell short in this moment. And when once he got the rest, once he ate a little bit, uh, then he was recharged and ready to go. So whenever you're feeling down, whether you feel run down, burn out, whatever it may be, and I'm preaching to myself right now because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in that mode uh, uh, of just feeling burnout and fatigued, have a snack, get some rest, and then trust in the Lord. So that is my devotions uh, with Dave segment for tonight, 1 Kings 19, 4 through 8. Uh, I hope that inspires you to get some rest. Take, take the Sabbath. The Sabbath is so important. Um, so yeah, that's first Kings 19, four through eight. And now I want to bring on our guests, uh, Michael and Naomi, uh, we affectionately call her gnome. Uh, they joined well-versed comedy in the early spring of 2022. Uh, they've worked together and performed together in various theaters, including the faith, faith-based theater overshadowed theatrical productions in Medina. Uh, they also run his story productions, uh, which is, uh, Naomi's one woman show telling the story of Mary, mother of Jesus. So we're going to talk about all that and well-versed and also hear their stories. So uh, please welcome our guests, Michael and Naomi Rogers. Good evening. Hey, Dave. Hi, Hi. Dave. Hello, everyone. So glad you guys are here. And we're just uh, really uh, excited to, to share your stories. Uh, you guys ha- have been performing and working together on stage for many years. Uh, so tell us uh, a little bit about your background and the things that, that you all have done uh, in theater and in productions, either together and, and separate? Well, I started a long time ago in children's theater with our uh, community, uh, with our city. We had a stage productions, and I was a part of that for five years. And so that's what really hooked me into theater was uh, doing that. And actually, it was way back in the kindergarten when, uh, for show and tell, my brother and I, we did a scene from laughing. And wow. so we did that for show and tell. And after that, it was like this acting thing. So then when this theater company started in our city, my brother and I, we went to auditions for Hansel and Gretel. And uh, we didn't get picked as Hansel or Gretel, but we got picked as Children of the Forest. And okay. so... Uh, from then, um, I just had a love and a passion for theater. And so that was kind of my my bump into it. And then it wasn't until he, I think you did some stuff. I, I did nothing theatrical as a child. <laughs> uh, my family was more musical. So, you know, we had sort of a family band where we would play music and uh 
entertain uh, at the church and such, but I did nothing theatrical until high school. High school. And, right? and in high school, I was like an extra that stood behind the trees and <laughs> <laughs> because I had no talent for this. And in high school, I did no theater because I did drill team and dance team. So we couldn't do both because we had practices every day, Monday through Sunday, every day. So couldn't, I couldn't do both of those. But it wasn't until, you know, as we got married and we moved out here because we both lived in L.A., then we lived in Indiana, uh, that we found Overshadowed. And a friend of mine told me about Overshadowed Theatrical Productions. And so we went to go check them out and we saw uh, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. They were in a tiny, tiny uh, Baptist church in Itasca, adorable, beautiful little church. And they put on this production and I was like, wow, this is really great. And so then I called up Reba, uh, who is the artistic director and founder of Overshadowed. And I was interested in auditioning for her next play, which is called Flame of Fire. And we had a little conversation and she asked me about my background and, and I told her and she says, well, you know, wh why don't you just uh, be in the show? And I think I said something like, well, why don't I audition for you? So I did audition for her and then that was back in 2006. So. Yeah. Then, yeah. We really, uh, we, we liked the fact that, you know, they were performing faith-based programs and mm -hmm. that one, the flame of fire was, was about missionaries. Yes. So it was great, a great story. Mm. And uh, I, I didn't get sucked into <laughs> to OTP until later when I went there to help out with an audition. And I ended, for, I ended uh, up reading uh, for somebody who was auditioning. And I read opposite of them uh, just as a stand-in for Oliver. Next thing I know, I'm Mr. Bumble. So <laughs> it was kind of funny the way that happened. But yeah, I did a couple of shows and Naomi is the theatrical one. Well, we, 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 our first show that we did together there was called Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And it was awesome. He was the toy maker and I was the child catcher. <laughs> and so we had a really good time with that. He was the good guy. I was the bad gal. And, um, so we just like fun. life, Dave. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about? <laughs> so his story, uh, uh, productions. Wh when did that fit in? Was that did that start in L.A. or was that a product no, here? No, that, that that started out here. So it was actually in 2015. I was, you know, I, I we had homeschooled for 15 years, and after homeschooling. Our kids, who then went on to college, et cetera, and they're married, and they, um, one of them has a family right now. Uh, we are grandparents. Yeah, um, I, I forgot to mention that. Uh, First-time grandparents as of uh, a month ago, right? Uh, almost three weeks. Baby's three weeks old today. Um, so uh, his story started in, in 2015 in my mind, where I felt like the Lord gave me a download you are to do his story product call it his story productions one woman show and you could do mary and then it just went on from there mm. and 
I took this download and I was like, oh, wow. But I, okay, God, but I'm, I'm involved with Overshadowed and I'm doing other things. And we were also on their board at the time. And so we were highly involved. So that came down at like 2015. And um, we kind of stepped away from doing Overshadowed in 2016. And it wasn't until 2017 that we, you know, kicked off. We had our first performance of Mary, the mother of Jesus, out in um, Elgin, I believe, at a church there. And so we have, it's a 35-minute presentation of the gospel seen through the eyes of Mary. And so wow. in that, I break the fourth wall and I'm, you know, talking to the audience like I'm talking to you. And, um, but then I also, Mary goes back and recounts. And it's in those moments of her past where she goes back and, and acts out different scenes. So, so I felt like when I thought, okay, I'm going to do Mary, she's, my first one and has really been my only one though i have other scripts for other women but this is the only one that i performed as mary i i pray to the lord to please just give me inspiration to write the script because we wanted it to be as biblically based as possible everything that we knew of mary and then i gave it to my husband to edit and i think i said something like Okay, now the Lord wrote this, so, you know. <laughs> Tread lightly. No pressure there. <laughs> so he but, edited it and yeah. it um, and added music. And so it's a costume. We have some props and some small set pieces that we take to. And so we, we go to churches, um, you know, social events, whoever will have us come and I've got, you know, different versions of Mary, depending upon who the audience is. So it's, it's, and so he comes and does all our tech. He runs the tech. So cool. we go out and minister together. And sometimes we've had to bring a friend to help us along um, with our, you know, sound equipment and things like that. Um, but, uh, but it's something that the Lord has allowed us to do together. So we, we've kind of been on a hiatus of that because of COVID and everything's been shut down. And right. so we're hoping next year actually to get full back into it. Um, so we'll see. It's, it's up to the Lord. And it, I have a hard time marketing it. So because, you know, it's our own thing that we're doing so it's it's hard to market yourself like that to say mm -hmm. hey come uh, book me type of thing right. it's real it's, it's it's i don't have a really hard time with that well but, fine i'll do that uh for the people yeah. that are watching now or listening uh find his story productions on facebook at his story productions il as in illinois mm -hmm. his story productions il on facebook or online at his story productions.com uh book the uh the show be a great show uh for your uh, women's group for uh maybe uh for even like a, a girls group like you know like a youth you know teenage girls right. like to show right. we even have a we have christmas we have a christmas show um a senior show a senior show you know uh a whole congregational one as well so it just kind of depends but i think this 
Christmas, we're taking off. And uh, so we hope that next year, as, as the Lord leads, you know, yeah. we feel like it's, he put it on our hearts. And if he put it on our hearts, we're going to do the best that we can. But it's, the Lord is the one that's leading it and opening up the doors. So. So since, since Christmas is, is Jesus' birth, are you pregnant as Mary during the Christmas show? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, there is a baby, there is a baby Jesus, what looks like a baby Jesus, but then that baby Jesus turns into a headpiece for me. So there's that. So, uh, we gotta be creative. A, a little bit of sleight of hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was, I was obviously asking that in jest. Um, oh, so well. if you had to pick, uh, of the the presentation of the performance uh what is your favorite moment or what is your favorite like segment of the show or do you have oh, a favorite gosh. i uh i think well i've there's some like comedic moments that i kind of enjoy uh when um mary talks to the audience about elizabeth and Elizabeth being so old, you know, how, how could she be pregnant? You know, that kind of a thing. There's a little thing there. So that's fun because, you know, the audience sees Mary's astonishment in that and surprise. And um, so I think that that's a, a fun part. Uh, I think the, I think when Mary sees Jesus on the cross, hmm. that is, um, yeah, that's it always powerful. gets me. That's powerful. That's the part that always gets me, and probably my favorite part, uh, because you can physically, you know, see people reacting uh, in the audience while she's portraying that, and you see people crying, and it's just really, uh, it's a powerful moment in the show. Do you have many things as far as props and set pieces, or is it? Only Naomi in a spotlight. Or no, we we have um, we have set pieces, you know, period pieces as best we could. What you know, what I could get from Hobby Lobby that looks <laughs> like <laughs> baskets and fruit and you know things like this to uh, some rugs just to kind of dress the stage and give her something to work with and and yeah, kind of like Mary's to, home to set a as much as we can some sort of. Uh, time period as well well i guess uh i was asking more like is there like an actual crucifixion that you're looking at or is it more just your response in, in discuss uh discussing it oh uh just my response and how i'm seeing and, okay. and we have music too so there's i think the music helps in in that as well right. so awesome so for our listeners or our viewers, uh, check out HisStoryProductions.com to find out more and how to bring this show to your church. Um, and, and working with Naomi, I know she's a phenomenal performer and you will be moved uh, by this performance. Uh, so uh, definitely check them out if you're looking for something. Uh, I would say book now if you want something for Good Friday or Easter uh, because uh, I'm sure that's a hot date for this performance. Yeah. Yeah, around around Mother's Day time, Easter time, that yeah, that's uh it's kinda 
busy then. Mm -hmm. so. so after all this, you guys uh, uh, auditioned in February of this year for Wellverse Comedy. Yes. Um, so how did how did you find us, and what what inspired you to say, yeah, we'll we'll go try this out? Well, I think I found you on Facebook somehow. I don't know where I went, whatever, or maybe it was, I don't know. You know how Facebook has, maybe it was a sponsored ad or something, but I think yeah. I found you a year ago or two years ago. I'm not sure. Cause I remember I wrote you a letter saying, Hey, I'm interested, but I don't know if timing is right Yeah, that's or right. something like that. So, so then I saw you guys were having, uh, I think because we became Facebook friends, mm -hmm. then it's like. Dave's having auditions for well-versed comedy. So I was thinking about it. I didn't say anything to him about it right away. Cause I was just like, Hmm, is this something? Cause I always thought probably for the last, I don't know, 15 years or so that 18 years, eight, probably 18 years that improv would be so cool to do and to be a part of an improv team. Uh, so anyway, that just was kind of like locked away in there. And then when you had this, I thought, okay, we could try it. And well, she thought that she could try it. Mm -hmm. And, and my thought was, Hey, I don't know who, where you're going. I don't know these people <laughs> that these you've people? been talking with. So I wanted to go with her, mm -hmm. uh, just as a protection type of thing. And as it turned out, as we we're going down this, she's like, Hey, do you want to try out too? And I'm like, maybe you could try out too. Hey, that would be fun. Kind of like a fun date night, you know? <laughs> so we, we just that's went how we, with the expectation of having a good time. That's how we pegged it in our heads. Okay. This is the date night. If anything happens from it, cool. But if not, it was a great date night. Yeah. So. So did it end up being both a great date night and something that else happened? Well, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. So, uh, so far, what, what have you guys felt like you've learned or, or uh, what have you most enjoyed uh, about being in immersed in improv? Wow. It's uh, it is 180 degrees from the world that I live in. Uh, you know, I've, always been uh, more of an analytic and you know i am a, i will say i'm a slow thinker <laughs> i need prevagen <laughs> but you know it is uh it is something that is initially uncomfortable for me but i'm learning that uh i can put myself out there i can be uh a little silly and that's okay. And I'm finding out that I'm having a great time, you know, and just and you're really so enjoying it. You're so good. See, normally with us, he's more of the quiet one. I'm more of the goofball, but I have found that he truly is the number one goofball way, way more than I ever am. <laughs> no, yeah. I find that hard yeah. to believe. Yeah. So, so it's been, it's been great fun to be able to do, this together yeah. for sure what's been the hardest part about improv 
not for me, not being familiar with every game. Mm-hmm. So I'm still learning all the games because there's so many games. So I think that's the hardest thing for me. And I think for me, it's in letting go and just allowing things to unfold without a plan. Mm. Yeah, it's very hard. I think that's harder for men more than anybody because we like to have that semblance of control and we're naturally like the leaders. And if we don't know what's going to happen next, it kind of takes us out of our natural wiring. Yeah, you do make it look easy, though. Yeah, you really do. It, years of practice and headshots uh, with chairs. <laughs> I spent eight years worth of weekends in tights in front of you know a bunch of people in West Virginia, so I think I, I pretty well de- destroyed any inhibition. The, the WrestleMania <laughs> guy, right? Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Michael told me that about you before maybe you said it to the group or something, or, you know, he, he learned that about you before I did. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I'm like, well, you gotta be kidding me, Dave, a wrestler. So yeah. it's pretty cool. I was big boy, buddy, love the East coast, largest athlete. Um, how, how did you come up with buddy love as a, uh, as a name? When I was uh, doing radio in West Virginia, and I was going under the name Big Daddy. And then my boss said, well, we can't let you use Big Daddy because that's one of our clients' nicknames, and he uses it for marketing. So let's come with something else. So in about 10 seconds, he went from Big Daddy to Big Boy to Big Boy Buddy, Big Boy Buddy Love. That's your name, Big Boy Buddy Love. <laughs> and that was that was it. And so when I got into wrestling, I was like, well... I've already got a little bit of, of notoriety and, and star power from being on radio. So it, it's no brainer to just use the same gimmick. And that also helped cover up the fact that I was not really well trained at that point. I didn't know the lingo. I didn't know uh, what you need to know in order to be a safe wrestler, but I knew how to entertain. So I was big boy, buddy, love the DJ. And, you know, eventually I learned what I was doing and, uh, I was never great, but I was good enough to entertain and keep the crowd interested. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, break out the tapes one of these days. I, there's a bunch of YouTube videos because we d- did a weekly TV show, so I'm on there quite a bunch as a as a commentator and as a wrestler. Um, and, and the the cool thing about wrestling is it's literally improv theater in the round. You've got crowd on all four sides. You're you're doing a scene live. Um, you're feeding off your scene partner, which is your opponent. You're feeding off the audience. And if the match is going well, just like if a scene is going well, you let it breathe. If it's really stinking up the joint, you edit and get out quickly. Mm-hmm. Huh. And uh, the say the cool thing is when I pick up a chair on stage now, it's not to hit anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So uh, Kelly, our guest from last week, is uh, watching. She said she's she's seen his story productions, uh, so powerful and uh, intimate. Uh, praise God! And I think uh, she's commenting in reference to Michael's audition. And Michael then blew us away. Uh, he's so quick on stage and clever. Oh, there's a reason nice. you're Thanks, on my Kelly. team. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's the reason we're married. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to uh, segue uh, over into what's my favorite part of each show 
and it's kind of the crux of why we do what we do uh, with this podcast. And uh, dive into your testimony, uh, your story of how God found you, how you found God. Uh, so uh, I traditionally go ladies first. So, uh, so Naomi, tell us, did you grow up in a Christian home or how did you find your relationship with Christ? I grew up in a home I wouldn't say was necessarily Christian, um, but I prayed every night. I was taught how to pray. I was taught about Jesus, but I wasn't taught that um, Jesus uh, is your savior in the sense of, and now have a relationship with him. Hmm. It wasn't necessarily about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so um, I had a friend named Lucinda who in the, I think I was in the fifth or sixth grade, maybe. She, I remember being on the phone with her and she was giving me the gospel message and telling me about Jesus and do I want to accept? And I said, nice. yes, but I didn't really know what I was fully accepting. It wasn't until fast forward, I'm on the drill team and I'm a leader in the drill team. And our choreographer would meet with the leaders after practice. And we would go to, as it was, Carl's Jr. And so a few times, you know, uh, during the week, we would go and hang out at Carl's Jr. afterwards and, you know, get something to drink before we, we went home. Well, her name is Jan. And Jan told me about Jesus. And who he was, and she started actually telling me about the book of Revelation. And I was just like, wow, who is this Jesus? I want to know who this Jesus is. So um, from there, I was talking to some friends, and um, my girlfriend, Lisa, she had a sister that went to Calvary Chapel in West Covina, California. And she would literally pick me up from my house. I lived way over here. She lived way over here. She'd pick me up and then take me back this way past to go to hmm. the Calvary Chapel. And she did that uh, for Sundays. And there might have been even some Wednesdays that she would take me back and forth. This was probably in my senior year of high school. And I, I wasn't like someone that was into, you know, bad stuff necessarily at, at all. That was, I just, I wanted to know who who was this Jesus? And so when I was 19, I was at Calvary Chapel and I actually made a, that, you know, that little walk, that profession, mm -hmm. even though I felt like I had already did it, but, uh, I wanted to officially do it, I guess. Right. And I was 19 years old at the time. So I think it was people that had maybe, you know, planted seeds in me and, you know, I think my mom did the best that she could with telling us about it. And we uh, grew up sometimes going to church and then sometimes we didn't. It was more yeah. going there for, you know, uh, Easter maybe or a funeral or something like that. Um, but I, my grandfather was a priest in the church, but he okay. had passed away before I was born. And so... There was some of that legacy still kind of like in the family, but it wasn't it wasn't about having a personal relationship with your Messiah. And so 
Um, so at 19, I officially, you know, did that walk down the aisle uh, and accepted Christ then. And, um, and I've been living um, with him in my heart ever since. So. See, she got it right, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it's one time and it stuck. <laughs> well, but, the the ending is what makes it right. How you get to the ending, it, it, that you know, everyone's got their own story. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my story is uh, is a little bit different. I I actually grew up in a God fearing home, but not a God following home. Hmm. And we attended uh, church periodically, and it seemed like every church that we went to as a family, there was something wrong. And when I say there was something wrong, there were some wild things like a pastor hitting on my mom. Wow. That, that was pretty much a game ender for my dad in going to that church. Sure. <laughs> and so there were different things that happened throughout time in history. But um, I remember I had a very real conversion experience when I was seven years old, visiting my grandparents, hmm. uh, you know, for a summer back in Indiana. And uh, at the time we were living in LA. So dad wanted to get us kids out of the city and into the country uh, for the summer. And I went to church and I heard a story of, uh, of a family where there were a couple of people who lost their life and mm. in this traffic accident mm. and it just completely hit me in a way that i didn't expect i could feel my heart beating like crazy and i knew that i needed to go forward that sunday and give my life to christ wow. unfortunately that was not uh something that i continued in you know it so when i talk about naomi's one time and it stuck experience. I'm a little bit jealous uh, because I lived in the world and that included, you know, sex, drugs, fighting, all the things that, uh, that, you know, I shouldn't have been doing. And it wasn't until later on, actually, when we were dating, uh, that she invited me to go to church. And it was pretty much a condition for us dating Hmm. So I started going to yeah. church with her and uh, the first, first time I walked in there, I thought, Hey, this place is kind of cool. It has like a rock band. I was used to like <laughs> pipe organ in the Baptist church. Right. Right. And you know, the pastor would come out and he would stand up high on a pulpit and have a robe and everyone was in suits. And this church people were in blue jeans and t-shirts and the pastor came out and he was wearing chinos and a shirt with the sleeves rolled up showing <laughs> his muscles and a tattoo and he sat down on of all things a bar stool and he sat there and started preaching hmm. and his testimony was was great because uh his name was Raul Reese and you know his story was powerful because he was converted sitting there watching television one day when he was lying in wait to kill his family mm. and 
you know, his wife was a believer and she went to church with the kids and he came home and dinner wasn't ready or whatever it was, but he was upset. So he grabbed a beer and his gun and he sat down and he turned on the TV and he was too lazy to get up and change the channel. Mm-hmm. And Pastor Chuck Smith just spoke right to his heart. And, mm-hmm. you know, they came home from church and he was a mess, you know, just you know, puddle on the floor. Uh, but that's how he got saved and the timing of him getting saved. And now he was a pastor that was preaching. And I just related to him in so many different ways uh, that I went forward and gave my life to Christ. And unfor- unfortunately, where I'd like to say that is the end, uh, it's not. Because I think that, you know, everyone, you know, walks through life with a certain amount of entanglements that they bring with them throughout their their walk, their Christian right. walk. And for me, I've had to struggle, you know, with some of those entanglements time and again until I could find freedom. And it's really been uh, it's been wonderful to be able to get through those things and to be completely set free in areas where you know, I was completely taken captive. So yeah, God is good. Yeah. yeah. God so is good. the sanctification journey continues though. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what's beautiful about how God works is that no two stories are the same. Uh here, you know, like you kind of joke, you know, Naomi was kind of like the one and done. And Michael's story is kind of still that working uh with fear and trembling uh working your salvation with fear and trembling and the beauty of that is each one of you is speaking to somebody in our audience there's somebody that that's going naomi's we're out there's somebody that's going michael's route and they're hearing that number one they're they're not alone in their journey and number two that there's hope no matter where they're at so um and and that's that's why i love sharing testimonies on on this show is There'll be some that said that are almost ashamed of their testimony because there's no like deliverance from drugs or it's like whatever story, whatever route you took, it's beautiful because it leads to the foot of the cross. So um, really uh, thankful for you all sharing. Uh, Got another comment popping up. Uh, Here is Kelly Z. Preach it, Dave. Oh, wow. (laughs) I might just leave that one up there for a few minutes. But uh, I, I love I love hearing stories, and, I, and we've talked about your stories before as part of the audition process. But each show, I believe, there's at least one person that needs to hear each story. Um, so, so Naomi was kind of the carrot on the end of the stick that Jesus used to bring you to Him, and then you ended up giving her a carrot on her on her hand. <laughs> But I'm changed. I think that worked out for both of us. (laughs) So how did you all meet to where she could say, well, if you, you know, if if you want to date me, you have to come see my father. Well, we we knew each other in high school. Okay. And, uh, and so we went to high school together. I met her when I was a freshman. She was a sophomore. We were in a class together. And so I knew who she was and, you know, we were friendly, but had absolutely 
no desires to date each other at that point. No, he was a really nice guy. That's what I remember about Michael in high school. Nice guy. I would say, hey, I have, you know, so maybe uh, I am car a good wash actor. tickets. <laughs> would you like to buy a car wash ticket? Or would you like to sponsor me for a wake-a-thon? I need to be up for 26 hours. Will you sponsor me a quarter or, you know, whatever. Quarter an hour. What a he would, he would always do that. He was just a nice guy. And with his red, red hair, he reminded me of Richie Cunningham. So I always equated him to, because Happy Days was around that era. Yeah. I equated him to, oh, he's like Richie Cunningham. Just a nice guy. And little, you know did, you know bring a, little did you know that he'd bring about a lot of your Happy Days. <laughs> <laughs> We're so good. I like that. <laughs> Sunday, Monday, right? Yep. Tuesday, Wednesday. So in our in our little group, if he's Richie Cunningham, I guess mm -hmm. Jonathan would have to be the Fonz, right? Who? Jonathan? Jonathan? Is the oh in our group? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess he could be. He's much cooler than I am, so yes. <laughs> nice. All right. So um you said you uh, saw last week with, with Kelly. So uh, mm -hmm. we wrap up each show with two final segments. Uh, the final segment is always your wise counsel. So uh, whatever advice or, or word of wisdom that you might want to share with somebody who wants to use their gifts for God's glory, we'll ask you about that to wrap up the show. But before we get there, we're going to do the interrogation, which is seven random questions that otherwise wouldn't have fit in our conversation. So uh, we'll just take turns. I'll ask, and then you guys uh, each answer, and uh, we'll go from there. So okay, here can is... we no comment if we have no comment? If you want to. Okay. If you really want to deny our audience your brilliance, feel free to say no answer. <laughs> there ain't much brilliance here. That's all I'm going to say. Stop it. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Here is the interrogation. The question number one, uh, what is your favorite uh, cartoon as a kid? Bugs Bunny. Um, <laughs> I think I like Tweety. He was so cute. Nice. Question number two, uh, what is your favorite comfort food? Popcorn. Popcorn. <laughs> popcorn. Not only popcorn, Amish popcorn. Made with coconut yeah. oil or air popped, but you must have dark chocolate chips, seventy-two percent, in a little container that you could eat with it. Ooh. I can pass on the chocolate, but the popcorn—that's serious. He food is king here. of popcorn making. <laughs> I, I, I'm a popcorn fiend myself. I, 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 I love butter. We also use coconut oil and sea salt sometimes. Ah, yeah. yes, yeah. And uh, Terry Halstein says, such a cute couple. Oh, hey, Terry. <laughs> Hi, hey, Terry. Terry. You're just hey, in time Terry. to see them grilled with the interrogation. I want to know, what did you just say? We're getting grilled? Uh, yeah, I said, uh, Terry's in time to see you guys getting grilled with the interrogation. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Question number three, who is your favorite superhero and why? Captain America, because I gave birth to Stephen Rogers. That's Ooh, I like that. Thank you. 
And you? I've always liked Superman because Superman can fly. He's strong. He can take a punch. And if he gets hit too hard, he just flies around the world and he comes back and he whacks the other guy. Nice. There you go. I'm partial to Captain Rogers myself. I just think that he's got the purest heart of all the superheroes. Captain America? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Question number four. Uh, what keeps you up at night? Hmm. And you can't say Michael snoring. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I put the pillow on my head. As long as it's on your own head and not on him, I, we're fine. <laughs> You know, we actually have. Well, no, maybe I shouldn't say that. You know, there there, <laughs> there are times that uh, I think uh, you know work keeps me awake, just because I've got things going through my mind, and you know, God is great because He sometimes intervenes through my dreams to give me inspiration for solving work issues. Hmm. Nice. Sometimes that keeps me up. Really, honestly, if there's something that keeps me up, it would be. <laughs> but you know what? While I'm awake, though, I could use it to glorify the Lord because then I start thinking about people and things I, you know, people I want to pray for. And so it comes back there. So I try not to completely waste that time while I'm sitting there waiting to fall asleep. You see, I, I don't have to snore at night. I'm just trying to help to... <laughs> build up my wife and encourage her and her gifts to pray for people there you go and, and if you ever snore in church you just learn to say amen when you're done and you just say you're, you're speaking in, in tongues uh, so question number five um you know on the uh, other side of the coin uh how do you recharge I think if, uh, worship music for me, if I have an opportunity to, to sit down with my guitar and just play and and worship for a period of time, that always recharges me. I, I don't know. I mean, because when I read the Bible, I usually read in the morning or could be early afternoon, but I don't know that I go to that as a recharge necessarily. I don't know what recharges me. Hmm. A cup of coffee? Uh, you know what? I, well, I tell you what I do love. I love people. And so I love it when I can get together with a girlfriend and we can go out and either have lunch or have coffee or something. I mm -hmm. think that helps to fill me. So I don't know about recharging, but it fills my tank. There you go. All right, so question number six. If you could go back, what's one thing you'd change? I would have taken my faith much more seriously early on and gotten into a discipleship program and, and just worked on refining my character and walking and in holiness and faithfulness to God, because every time I haven't done that, I've had troubles. So, and and that's the one thing that if, if you're walking in obedience to Christ, then you're not gonna have those problems. 
Mm. So I wish I could could change and take those things back and the people I've hurt, um, be able to see them not have to walk through life with those hurts. Mm. That's good. That's a tough question, by the way. I'm sorry. It is an interrogation. It is an interrogation, yeah. right? <laughs> so how about you, Naomi? You're on the hot seat. Yeah, um, probably. Uh, I'd say that as uh, my kids were growing up and I was homeschooling, uh, probably I would change the fact that there were times that I compared our family to other families. Mm. Are we doing it right? Well, they did this and well, should we do that? And, and there was that comparison going on. Yeah. And um, that's something that, you know, hindsight, <laughs> right? Afterwards, you realize, you know, Naomi, God gave you your family, your children for you to teach. And you are quite capable and you don't need to compare or worry or whatever. Because mm -hmm. God is doing the work. He's using you, but he's the one that's doing the work. Mm. That's good. So. so while you were answering how you recharge, uh, Kelly said that uh, coffee with Kelly is the way you recharge. And I, I uh, do love coffee with Kelly and also coffee with Terry, too, you know. And, well, Terry suggested Turkish Delight. Oh. <laughs> well, actually, I've had Turkish Delight before. Not my favorite. I'll just okay. Say <laughs> All right. So the final uh, question of the interrogation segment is going to be, uh, what has been your favorite moment with Wellburst? Um, gosh. Um, I think the fact that, that when we come, we can come and we can do it together. And it's an experience that we have together. So it's like we have, new friends that we've made together and we're able to laugh together and be goofy together. And um, that to me is a fantastic thing. Mm. So awesome. Yeah. And I, and I've really enjoyed, uh, you know, the, I guess the feeling of, uh, of having taken chances and grown and to think that, Hey, you know, this is fun. You know, I can, I can, I can work with others to bring laughter and I'm not such the stick in the mud that, uh, <laughs> that I always feel like I am. I feel like she's the party girl. I'm the straight man. And I feel like, uh, that's something I've been able to see that God can use everyone, even the straightest of people to uh, to work effectively to bring laughter and joy to the world. Very good. And as somebody that's done improv for uh, counting wrestling 16 years, I just want to say you guys definitely have skills. You definitely have talent. You bring a lot to the table. And I think, Michael, one of your biggest weaknesses is you undersell yourself. Mm-hmm. 
And I now know, and I now know that I should never try to play your wife in a scene. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Ah. you. (laughs) Especially if your toenails aren't pink, because if they were, then you could actually play me. But that would be a lot of paint. (laughs) There's all this. All right, so uh, it, it, I will say, Dave, it really has been so much fun to to be able to do something like with with improv. You never know what's going to happen, and that is really cool, really fun, and frightening, and a little frightening, <laughs> but all in a good way. So yeah. it's uh, it's just it's it's so different than anything else that you do on stage. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Uh, Terry says that she wants to see us sometime. Uh, so I uh, messaged in the uh, the chat that uh, we have our next show on October 15th. Uh, she says she'll mark that down. And then she finishes up with saying, but Mike looks looks good in later hosen. Oh, yes. That was, that was the toy maker who wore the leader hosen. <laughs> well, All right, so I tell you what, I'll wear the leader hosen if you wear the tights. I've still got them. They're in my. They're under my sock drawer. Uh, but well, it's a paid show, so we don't have to worry. Or it's an unpaid show, so we don't have to worry about losing money on it. Oh, there uh, you go. So uh, as we wrap up, here is our final final question for anyone that wants to use their gifts for God's glory. Uh, what would you say your wise counsel is? Well, I think uh, I would say that uh, don't be afraid to put yourself out there and to allow God to use the giftedness that he's given to you. And to always remember that uh, that that giftedness is given to glorify God. So by holding that back, then you're robbing God mm-hmm. of the glory that he so deserves. Mm-hmm. So you know, walk in, walk in boldness and, uh, and walk through doors that he opens for you and, and use the giftedness that he's given you. Good deal. Good word. Anything to add, Naomi? Um, I would just say to, um, if you feel like the Lord has put something on your heart, pray about it, seek wise counsel about it. And um, also, uh, if he tells you to do something, do it. Don't delay. Yeah. Just be obedient and do it. And then don't sit around and compare yourself to other people out there um, in whatever field or in whatever way that might be. And, um, you know, because that could steal the joy that God has given you. If you sit and play a comparison game, but God has equipped you to do a particular thing that he has given you to do. So go out and do what God has blessed you with to do. That's a good word. And it's a good way to wrap up. We got one more comment. Kelly with uh, three flames. So good. Both of you. So uh, Kelly appreciates that word. Thanks Kelly. Yeah. We love you, Kelly. <laughs> We love you, Terry. And Matt, if you're watching too. Yeah. And I think Matt did. Uh, oh, Kelly said that 
That was totally Matt typing as Terry. Poor Terry. <laughs> <laughs> so as we wrap up, I want to invite everyone uh, that's on social media, go to uh, His Story Productions IL on Facebook or HisStoryProductions.com. Uh, also check out our friends at Overshadowed uh, Theatrical Productions at Overshadowed Productions on Facebook. I like them and I find their upcoming shows, auditions, and other ways to get involved. And of course, uh, like, share, subscribe, follow all the things uh, for Wellversed Comedy. Uh, you can find us on all major social platforms at Wellversed CMDY. Uh, we drop the O and the E in comedy because Twitter is ignorant and has only a limited number of spaces you can use. So to keep everything uniform, we just drop the O and the E. I call it, we had a great vowel movement. <laughs> Uh, but at Wellverse CMDY, and that is enough of my dad jokes for one evening. Uh, for those of uh, you that want to come see us, uh, next opportunity on the schedule is October 15th. We'll be back at our home church at uh, Lombard Assembly. Good for the soul, October 15th at 6.30 p.m. Free admission at Lombard Assembly Church on uh, North Avenue in Lombard. Uh, so uh, mark your calendars, bring your friends, bring your neighbors, bring strangers. Uh, just don't pick up. Uh, children at Walmart that might uh, get the cops oh, involved. Gosh. We don't want that. Um, but uh, Michael, Naomi, thank you guys so much uh, for all that you bring to our team and for uh, joining us here tonight. Thank you so, so much. Glad to join Dave, you. Thanks, for having Dave. Us. God bless right. you. God bless y'all, whoever's watching. All right. We'll see y'all next week. Have a uh, great uh, week, and we'll talk to you then. Mm -hmm.